Hey everybody, welcome to the Web Cave. I am the man that would clap cheeks with Amanda Waller any day, Dan Hummer, and I'm here with Bobo. How the hell you doing, Bobo? One of the most disgusting fucking intros I've ever heard in my life. It's what I'm here for. Jesus now. fucking Christ, Daniel. <laughs> How we doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm a little worried about the rest of the episode with the way it's starting out, but yeah. She's an attractive young lady. Dude, she's a moderately thick black girl with fucking, who's dominant and has so much power, dude. She'll fuck you up in the blink of an eye. That would not go after Amanda Waller. That's kind of hot. She's going to tie you down and drug you and force you to tell you all, tell you all her secrets. That's kind of hot. <laughs> That's not hot at all, dude. It's kind of fucking hot, Bobo. I'm good on the Amanda Waller clap job. But speaking of clapping, see, we can tell love is in the air. You can already tell. Love is in the air. Speaking of clapping, we are here to bring you the top ten DC comic relationships of all time. See see how we did that? They're not there just with... clapping. Rela- they're not just clapping relationships, bro. No. I got some friends and brotherly relationships here. Brothers ain't clapping. No. And I mean, it depends where, where are you in the country, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it depends how close your family really is. But no, all all relationships count here. So you can be brothers, friends, mentors, relationships, couples, anything, anything constitutes a relationship in this list. So it's going to be very fun. Me and Bobby each have our own list, but we're not just here to talk about that. And we're not just here to fucking do a top ten list. We're also here for the reading assignment, Infinity Gauntlet. We both read all six issues this week. And we're here to review that. And we also have uh, some single issues from this week. Uh, Planet Hulk. Right? Is, it, is it called Planet yeah. I keep calling it's, it that. It's Planet Hulk World Breaker, number one. Okay. Planet Hulk uh, World Breaker, number one. And fucking uh, Justice Justice Society. Number one. Yeah. New Golden Age Justice Society. Do you want to start there? Yeah, we can start with JSA if you want. Let's start with JSA, Pimpin. Because that, that was a hot book. So I say yeah, it was pretty good. It, it picked up at the end of one at the end of the first one and uh, Huntress is kind of making more of a making more of a presence now for sure. And they're elaborating a little bit more on Dr. Fate's death. And I like how they're bouncing around through the time now and the book ended with them being in 1940. Yeah. I, I like where it ended. I, I, I agree with you. I thought it was... I, I have was a really feeling good. that like in the future they're going to... Like after the dawn of the DCU starts, I have a feeling they're going to pop in the current time, like the current year. And they're like Huntress is gonna see Bruce again, and she's gonna be like, "Daddy," and like he's gonna be like, "Not nah, bitch, I ain't your dad." I ain't your dad. <laughs> I ain't your dad, bitch. <laughs> That'd be funny as fuck, dude. I mean, what? I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. And we we reviewed the new Golden Age on the show. You had good things to say. I had kind of mid-tier things to say. I didn't like the book as much. I thought it was kind of whack. I didn't like how the whole the whole play was 
Huntress being Batman's kid again. I didn't really need that to come back. But this was a hell of an issue, number one. I totally... I have a complete different opinion on this book. I thought the art was amazing. I thought this guy, I'm really getting behind this villain or whoever it's going to fucking be. He's really cool so far. This mysterious man that's just showing up in time and killing them. And it's really good. Um, I'm really liking it so far. And we had a shocking death that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting Power Girl to be off already. No. That was whack. No. She might be back though, right? Now that they're nineteen forty. I'm not. I'm not sure. I have a feeling this series is also going to get kind of confusing. Yeah. Absolutely, it's going to get confusing. Uh, I. It's Jeff Johns. You know, Jeff Johns wrote this bitch. It's going to get confusing. This was all his idea. He's rewriting history, and people want to see it. I want to see it. I've been waiting to see the old JSA. So let's get it. Let's get some Jay Garrick in the next issue. Let's get some Alan Scott. Let's get some Wildcat and shit. You know, I, I'm excited to see those JSA heroes of, of old kind of jump in and show the kids what's up. I'm cool with it being set in 1942. That's fine. It doesn't have to be current day. All right. What do you think about the new roster, the new JSA? Well, it didn't last very long. Carl Quinson, Gentleman Ghost, Solomon Grundy, The Mist, Vladimir Sokov, and the the Icicle Dude. They're gone, though. They already got off, (laughs) and then they left. You know, they're in 1940. I mean, I, I thought it was a, a pretty piss poor, <laughs> piss poor group. I lo- I love Grundy. I'm a big Grundy guy, but uh, I didn't need to see the Harley Quinn sons back. I'm good. And Icicles like grandson. I mean, I like Icicle as a JSA villain, but his great great grandson, whatever the fuck he was. I don't know. I don't know if I was that into the team. Did you did you like the new JSA? <laughs> no, it sucked. But I I mean I think they were they were there to die pretty much it felt like so. Yeah. Overall I give the book a seven out of ten. I thought it, it was a lot better than the Golden Age book. And uh I enjoyed it. The art was good. The story was good. I can't wait to see what what comes next. Yeah, I'd say like seven, seven and a half. I'd give this one too. All right. Planet Hulk. Mr. Hulk. Even though Hulk wasn't in it. Planet Hulk issue number one. Hulk book without Hulk. Uh... Yeah, I thought it was okay. I, I like the... It's one of the weird instances where I kind of like the backup better than the regular story. I thought Scar... Yeah, I mean, it's a decent build-up to Banner's reappearance because uh, he's obviously on the way back to the planet. Yeah. No, it was okay. I just... I don't know. There was a good amount... There was a little bit of action... 
there, there was a lot yeah. of a lot of story and kind of building of what's about to happen and building towards Banner coming back and and all that good stuff. But I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of juice in this issue. It didn't feel like for me. No, I definitely it has a lot of potential. I definitely feel like this series is going to get really good at some point. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it probably will. Dude, be. I don't know, like six and a half, seven, I'd give this one. Like, it was a decent introduction. It was a pretty good book, considering the fact the Hulk wasn't even in it. I'm going to go six, but I'm going to give that scar back up an eight. I thought that was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, the scar backup was actually pretty good. It's what I, I very rarely like the backup story that much in, of any comic, and this one was actually almost to me as good as the main story. So, if not better, yeah, I liked it. Uh, all right, the Infinity Gauntlet, my friend. Our first, our first reading assignment. We're here. We read all six sure. issues. People know, they've seen the movies, but like we've learned this week, and we already kind of do anyway, but we we definitely learned this week. It's a lot different than the fucking movies, Bobo. It's a lot different. Written by Jim Starlin, penciled by the great George Perez. Uh, this is like the ultimate crossover. This is the, this is the Infinity Gauntlet. All the MCU movies built to this. Uh, a lot of comic storylines built to this. This was a big deal. Thanos doing the snap and the getting the, you know, <laughs> everything, dude. Yeah. Then, uh, going into it, what was your thoughts? I went into it pretty open-minded. I mean, I was, I knew it was massively different. I just didn't know exactly. Yeah. But I was pretty impressed by the story. It was pretty good. A lot of reading. I definitely don't miss the old days where it's fucking so much reading. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dialogue. Tons of dialogue. But I thought it was pretty good. Like, I wasn't expecting, like, Mephisto and Fire Lord and Adam Warlock to have such a heavy presence in the storyline. They really did. And the fact that the MCU didn't even elaborate on any of them three at all. It's surprising. But yeah, there's a lot of characters I never even ever introduced. Dude, it, yeah, yeah, he was. Wolverine's the one that attacked Thanos. He dug his claws in the Thanos' chest. Yeah, he was on the yeah. But and then the, Thanos used the fucking reality stone and turned his fucking bones into clay, and he turned into a puddle on the ground. But. That was a cool panel. That was a damn cool... I was going to bring that up. That shit was kind of badass. A lot of the, the fight scenes were, were cool as fuck. Even for Batman, you got to give George Perez. He was so fucking good. Definitely one of the best artists of all time. Getting all those characters sure. on the page like that and those intense... Like, we take it for granted now. And in these big events, we expect these big, cool battle like scene, like like art pieces. But back then, dude, and that, that like cartoony style that they had the comics laid out, but in the panel yeah. it looks like this. It's just cool as fuck. I don't know. I, I really, I, re, I respect it heavily. Hundred percent. But uh, 
Yeah, and the fact that Silver Surfer was not mentioned in any of the movies, and like I know, I know they didn't have the rights to him because of Fantastic Four or whatever, something with that. But that's a fucking tragedy because he was a big part of this book and this whole series. He yeah. meant a lot. Doctor Doom too. Yeah. Adam Warlock and like Wolverine. Some big time players that that were in this thing. And no mention. And of course, the great Fire Lord. (laughs) Dude, I had to look him up after seeing him in this. And all the Celestials, too. Even all those people were mentioned. Galactus was never mentioned, and the Watcher, and Love and Hate. Like, none of them were mentioned either. Yeah, Kronos. I'm, I think Kronos was mentioned. I believe Kronos was. I think he was. And of course, Thanos' whole motivation wasn't fucking mentioned. Lady Death, Mistress Death. Yeah, no. That was that wasn't even a plot point in the movies, and and here this is his whole reason for fucking shit up. <laughs> he just wants yeah, to he's trying. He's trying to impress her, and the whole time she's like, "No, oh, fuck you, dude." <laughs> she's just like, eh, I don't care if you can alter reality. You're eh, a fucking loser. And Thanos is like, I don't need you, bitch. I'll make my own bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'll come correct <laughs> So good. Just. And he came. I mean, Mephisto was like freaking out the whole fucking time. He's like, yo. I like how Mephisto almost pulled the fast one on Thanos. Yeah, he almost got him. But uh, didn't end up happening. <laughs> uh, we have a, a couple. Fo- I'm excited to see the follow-ups because we left it a weird. Oh spot. yeah, Infinity War is next. Yeah, it's part of the Infinity Trilogy. That's what we're reading. The Infinity Trilogy. Yeah, I don't know where do they go from here though, because Thanos was like, "I'm done." <laughs> so, I mean, he, I he, he looked, he looked at Adam, and he's like, "Dude, I'm fucking, I'm done with this shit. I had it." So, I've I don't never, know. I've never read the re- any of the rest of the series, so I had no idea. Yeah. I am interested and excited to see it, though, because I really enjoyed Gauntlet. So I can't imagine Infinity War is worse. No, I'm sure it's good. Uh, I wonder how big Adam Warlock's going to play there, because I feel like a lot of this kind of depended on his, like, scenes with Thanos and those two just having a conversation. Yeah. But... They kind of merged. I noticed, like, in the MCU's version, like, they kind of merged Adam Warlock's presence with Doctor Strange in that. Because they were like, Doctor Strange did that thing where he would, like, look into the future and see, like, he was telling Tony, like, there's one way we can win this. And, like, Adam Warlock was basically the one doing that in this one. Yeah, yeah. Because he was the one who was like, "It's all part of my plan," and he wasn't telling him. And he's like, "This is the only way we win." Yeah, that's true. 
Absolutely. I did enjoy it a lot, though. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was a damn good book. I thought the event... I mean, it has its flaws. It, like you said, it, it's a lot... It's very wordy, which isn't a bad thing all, all the time, but it's very dialogue-heavy. But there is some cool action scenes in it, for sure. It is an oh, action-heavy book, too. Uh, and it, it is a, a good story. It's a different story from the movies, but it is a good one. And the whole, like, Lady Death turning on him and shit at the end. That shit was cool. Yeah. Uh, but overall, if we're going to rate this, it's hard because this is considered one of the best things ever. So it's hard to give it anything less than, like, a 10. But uh, I, I'd probably go, like, a 9.5 because it's, like, right there for me. But there's something missing, too, a little bit, I guess. I put it like eight, eight and a half, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. Jesus Christ. I, I definitely felt like some things were missing, for sure. Yeah. Like, the battles, they were cool enough, but, like, I really felt like the heroes that everybody loves were very minuscule and meaningless in the whole story. Like Iron Man and Cap and Cyclops and Wolverine and all them, like their entire purpose was to be a distraction, and they, every single one of them fucking died. <laughs> yeah. Like their entire purpose in the entire series was to be a distraction, and like to me that kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of stupid. Like Adam Warlock, some dude we barely ever heard of, and Silver Surfer were like the heroes of the whole story. Well, everybody else in the entire crossover was completely meaningless. And it is a shock, and it does kind of ruin it, especially if you like the movies and you're coming in because you watch the movie. Like, oh, I want to read the inspiration. You're going to get a shock when you're seeing, who the fuck is Adam Warlock? Who the fuck? I mean, Silver Surfer, like, and Spider-Man and shit, like, they're all, like you said, they're in the battle scenes and they're there fighting. You see them flying at Thanos a few times. But also, they're not, they don't have big stakes and impacts. You don't see them doing a lot of character work with those characters. Like, there isn't big dialogue sessions with, between the superheroes, really. At least not very many. So, it, it is, yeah. it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer. And Doctor Strange gets a lot of shine. He does, he's the one that he gets does, shine. Like, yeah, but like, dude, Wolverine goes in, he lands one really good strike on Thanos, he gets turned into a puddle. Spider-Man lands a couple of good shots in Thanos. He dies, too. I'm pretty sure Cap got fucked up hard body. His shield was broken, and he got fucked. Yeah. No, Dr. I agree. Doom got fucked up. Like, everybody got fucked up, dude. I feel you. And like, I don't know. Up. I really felt like it, it should have been more like the movie where like, the heroes are the ones that save the day, not... Adam Warlock with some hidden fucking plan that yeah. at the end of the day makes it end up so he's the one who's wearing the gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and instead of giving Mephisto so much time, it's like, why couldn't we have some Spider-Man moments? I love Mephisto much as the next guy, but... I know, like, Spidey wasn't even introduced in the third book. But I'm pretty sure he was killed in the same book, or it was the next book he was killed in. 
Because he got he webbed the shit out of Thanos' face and got a couple of good attacks in on him. Yes, he did. But uh, I think hopefully he's uh, he's portrayed a lot more in the Infinity War, and I'm excited for that. Okay. But uh, yeah, that was the Infinity guy. I thought it was a I thought it was a really good book. Uh, apparently, you, like you liked it, but you're not as you don't think it's one of the greatest of all time. For like big events, I would say it's probably in the top ten. I wouldn't yeah. say top five, but top ten, yeah. Oh shit! Okay, that's a list to do one day too. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Our top ten DC comic relationships. Would you like to go first, sir? Or do you want me to? I'll do my number ten first. All right. At number ten, who do you got? All right, number 10. This is one from recent, from the Rebirth era and forward. Um, <clears throat> Going to go with Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl. Oh, shit. When they had their relationship during the Perpetual storyline, and honestly, before and after that, they had... <laughs> they've, they've kind of been the recent fling for each other since the Rebirth era started. And honestly, I really like that one a lot. I like those two together. Yeah. What really made me enjoy them was the sixth dimension issue during the Perpetual Storyline when they were all in the sixth dimension and they got to meet their child from the sixth dimension. And, like, I thought that was really cool. It was a really deep dive in the Martian and Hot Girls relationship. I really enjoyed those two together. The Martian intelligence and her intelligence and her, like, sheer will of power. Pretty good matchup. I agree. I think this is, like, a newer one because I think that that story was, what, 2017, 2018? That's Snyder's League. Yeah. Uh, I I liked it. I thought it was good, and I'm excited to see more of it, especially now that the league's kind of back. So, yeah. Definitely. I don't mind Hawkgirl. If I was in charge of writing a lead comic, I would definitely pin those two together for sure. It's probably the most recent relationship on this list, but it is a strong one, and I think it it it's a really good one. So, because Marsha Manhunter, he's the fucking dude, and just giving him a love interest and seeing her with some someone else besides Hawkman is refreshing. Yeah, like the Hawkman Hawkgirl thing, like dude, that's cliche. Stupid, like the Hawkman's with Hawkgirl, like that's pretty stupid. Yeah. Like they could have thought about that a little harder. I mean, their story is kind of like tragic, but. I get it, but like both their characters have both been retconned at this point. They're both not from Egypt anymore, they're both from Thanagar, so like I get why they're doing something different with them. Yeah. No, me too. All right. Who's your number 10? My number 10 just so happens to be the king and queen of Atlantis. Uh, I went with Aquaman and Mera. No, actually, Mera's queen and Aquaman is just a superhero in current continuity. But uh, these two, one of my favorite relationships in comics as a whole because... They're two, they both have superpowers. They both have kind of not like equal duty, but they both have like a duty to Atlantis. 
and he's the king in a lot of incarnations, and she's like just helping him try to stay afloat. And you know they're fighting, they're beating ass together. It's not like one of those. It's not like a Lois to where he's gonna go save her ass all the time. She can hold her fucking own, and she can beat some ass on her own. And bro, I, those... I'm gonna be honest with you. I arguably think Mira could beat Aquaman. I'm not gonna lie to you. In some I think situations, Mira would beat Aquaman because be she has the ability to suck the water out of your body. Yeah, she can completely dehydrate. She could arguably fucking beat anybody using that power, dude. Anybody made of water, yeah. Which is all people. Every <laughs> human being's body is 70% water, dude. Yeah. She would literally just suck all the moisture out of your body and just fucking kill you, dude. She arguably could beat almost anybody she goes up against if she uses that power on everybody. Exactly. She's a badass bitch. And, and her and him together... Who? They're fucking leading the Atlantis. They're kicking ass. They're beating up the trench. They're putting Ocean Master in his place. It's definitely one of the best com- couples in DC Comics. Uh, it's a king and a queen. What more can you ask for? I agree. I like those two a lot. So, and even given and like Amber Heard's like controversies, I still like yeah. her, her relationship with Jason Momoa in the movie. Yeah, I think they do have decent enough chemistry. It's not bad. No. So, yeah. All right, Bob, you know. Number nine. All right. I'm going to go with the more popular one. Pretty sure most people who have read a DC comic book would know this one. I want Oliver Queen and Dina Lance. It's a very popular one. Arguably, I believe this is probably my favorite romantic relationship in DC Comics. I think Dean and Oliver are connected like Iris Barry is. That's how much they love each other. <clears throat> I think I don't. I think I. I think Oliver and Dina's love for each other is outmatched by anybody else. And by the way, for more casual fans, that is the Green Arrow and the Black Canary. Yes. I arguably think they love each other more than Lois and Clark love each other. Oh, my God. I don't know if we can put love on a scale, but they, the, those two do fucking care for each other. They've been through probably the most shit of any relationship on this list. They have. Those two are always side by side. They're in battle side by side next to each other, yeah. fighting for both of each other's lives at the same time. Lois is usually just off doing something else, and Superman is doing everything. These two are yeah. doing shit together. They've been in some fucking heavy situations, the both of them. Even in the current dark crisis on Infinite Earth right now, like they died Dina's together. losing her fucking mind because Oliver's dead. Yeah. Exactly. Like I have a feeling in this Dark Crisis Seven, I have a feeling we're gonna get a nice panel of Black Canary letting out a nice big fucking scream. Canary cry. Oh, yeah. I mean, they set it up with her talking to Roy. Like, where the fuck is he? But, no, I mean, it's a great couple. Uh, like like I said with uh, Mira and uh, Arthur, they're, they're fighting side by side. But these two, even more so, they're both in the fucking league together. They're fighting side yeah. by side in the most, like, crucial setting with the best heroes on on Earth. So... And even outside of Earth. 
Oliver's one of my and Green Arrow's one of my favorite DC characters as a whole, and I really like that he has a strong relationship to Batman. Because yeah. even Black Canary by herself, she's a pretty bad bitch. Yeah, they didn't do it amazing in the show. I'm gonna be honest. Like they did do some cool shit with the canary and the white canary and shit, but I, he I wasn't think... even with her in the show. Yeah, exactly. They he didn't do it right. He was Felicity, and then he yeah. was banging his Sarah Lance, the sister. It was never done right. I don't know either, but I actually I enjoyed the relationship between Oliver and Felicity in the show. I the Arrow TV show. It was the only CW show that I liked. Actually, I'm wrong. Superman, Lois, I like that show, too. Yeah, it was a good that. show. I'm not saying it wasn't a good show. I'm just saying that it didn't portray this this top ten couple no, that we're not, talking about accurately. Not at all. They didn't even try to. Yeah. Which, Jeff Johns was the creative executive producer behind the fucking DC TV shows. And someone in his stature... And his knowledge of the DC universe, it's very fucking surprising they didn't do it correctly. Yeah. Absolutely. Who's your number nine? My number nine, I have a friendship at number nine. And I have I have two two good buddies, two homies, two leaguers that that love hanging out, chilling and beating ass next to each other. I'm talking about Green Lantern and the Flash. I'm most I'm I'm I both there's two like different incarnations and they're both homies. John Stewart and Wally are friends too, but it's a little different. I I'd have to go with Hal Jordan and Barry Allen for this list because those two are like they're the classic wisecracking kind of dummies. Just like like that you take them serious in the league and they do hold their own, but they're also kind of goofballs. So and they're hilarious and. They're best of friends. They have each other's back. If Barry's in any sort of danger, Hal will be right there and vice versa. I just, I, I find these two hilarious together and I, I think they're, they're dope as friends. Absolutely. I mean, that's a really good one. I thought about putting that one on my list, but I didn't. Yeah. Because, like, that's. Yeah, it's always funny when those two are interacting. I when I grew up watching the cartoon, I mean it was Wally West and Hal Jordan, but Yeah, it was still an awesome relationship. Yeah, Hal Jordan and uh Barry are, are real close. Uh Wally Wally and John got along especially in the old cartoon that was John. John and Wally were fucking real close. But John's also that more stricter, and, and Wally's kind of the goofy one, whereas Wally and Hale are both kind of goofy together <laughs> and pissing the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, I know. I always thought it was funny, though, because Wally would be fucking around, and John would be like, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good relationship, too. Both incarnate. That's why I just put Flash and Green Lantern, and it can be interpreted yeah. whatever. Cause I just like when those two superheroes link up. That's a that's a cool that's a cool link up. Green Arrow and a shout out to Green Arrow and Green Lantern too because that is a cool hookup as well. But I, yeah, I had their to... their crossover series together was really good too. Back in yeah. the day, Hard Traveling Heroes was flames, but I had to go with Flash and Green Lantern for this list. Oh yeah. All right, Pip number eight. 
My number eight. All right. This one is a rivalry, the only rivalry that is going to be included in either one of our lists, and honestly the only one that I think should be considered under the relationship category. And that is the Batman and the Joker. As much as those two are rivals, they have a relationship with each other, whether either one of them would like to believe it or not. The Joker 100% believes it. He's voiced it to Batman. I know the Joker does, because multiple times, you, neither one of them would survive without without each other. No. Bruce needs Joker's insanity, and Joker needs Bruce to play his games with, somebody to torture. Like, they need each other, and let's... I don't know. They have one of the best relationships, I believe. Even though it's between hero and villain, it still is one of the best relationships that shines in this universe. I don't disagree. Because you can't have one without the other. You can't have a Joker running around and there's no bat, and vice versa. Yeah. I I think this is an interesting one, and this is kind of a loophole. And we will do, like, a top ten feuds at one time, and this will probably be the top of that list, too. But uh, as far as relationships, these two can be linked together in so many different ways. The Batman and the Joker, they like when you have arch, they're a different type of arch nemesis. Like, this is like the number one rivalry, but it also it is like a relationship, and they almost have a friendship. And Batman needs the Joker, Joker needs Batman. We all know that. Uh, so it, it's a very interesting pick, and uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree. And they've worked together, and like they're working together currently in the do du- in the deadly duo. Yes. No, they are. <laughs> I don't know if that's current canon, but yeah, they're they're working together, which is fucking bananas <laughs> to think about. Oh. Yeah, I mean, bad uh, number. My number eight. Now I went with another another kind of a buddy duo here, and, and it's kind of a theme on my list, and this is. Uh, this was kind of a backup one, but I was thinking about the Teen Titans, and there's two different relationships. I do like Starfire and, and Raven. They're, they're friends, and, and that's cool. They got the girl power, but I had to go with my homies, uh, Cyborg and Beast Boy. This is an underrated friendship. I think they're the comic relief of any group they're in. These are two friends that are both have weird decks in life. One's a fucking walking machine and the other one can turn into a chimpanzee at any fucking drop of a dime. So they're they're both weird fucking dudes that are in weird circumstances, but they're having the time of their lives. They're having fun. They're laughing. A lot of kids that grew up fucking grew up on this friendship and, and loved watching the original Teen Titans show. And even fucking little kids now with Teen Titans Go. That show's been running for 20 years. So, not the, uh, probably not 20 years. <laughs> it's been running for a long time. And uh, Beast Boy and Cyborg, that's that's one of those friendships, man. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's like a low-key one, and it's one that's like, but they will have each other's back. And these are two super-powered individuals that you don't want to fuck with either. These are, they will beat up, and they've kicked many of asses side by side with the Titans. There's something about that team mentality. 
like you get the Green Lantern and the Flashes. You get like, you know, Superman and Batman being homies, and you get this. And these two, they're best of friends. Right. Unless uh, unless you're reading the new 52, then fucking Cyborgs in the Justice League and Beast Boy can eat a big bag of dicks. But if you're reading any other era of comics or watching any show or anything, Cyborg and uh, Beast Boy are good homies. Uh, what do you got yeah. for seven? Number seven, DC Pride Couple. And okay. uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. There you go. Uh, honestly, out of all the DC Pride characters, like, I feel like those two have the most popular relationship. Yeah, For I sure. was thinking about putting Apollo and Midnighter mm-hmm. on my list, but th- this is this is the it's the biggest of the DC Pride, but it's also it, it is an organic. It's a it's a relationship that was not forced. It did not feel pushed together just to be like, okay, let's force this down people's throat. This felt natural, even if you're a fan of the Harley Quinn show, it, it, it feels natural in that too. And it's just like they, these two are perfect for each other. Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn make sense as relationship. I totally agree with this. Yeah. I I definitely feel like it's the only one that that it's really the best one that works. The only one I can kind of agree with is John Kent and his boyfriend. I forgot his name. Yes, uh, Jay Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, him and Jay Other are pretty that, good. Like, they all do feel kind of forced. Like, Tim Drake felt kind of forced because Tim Drake was never like that until like two years ago. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, you don't really fuck with Wildstorm much, or you haven't yet, but Apollo and Midnight are, are a funny because that's like Wildstorm's Batman and Superman, but they're gay. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're cool. They have cool powers. Midnighter's like a more ruthless Batman that, like, almost kills people, beats the shit out of them real bad. And Apollo's like a Superman, so... that That's another one that doesn't feel forced. But that wasn't DC. That was Wildstorm, and then DC bought him and kind of got it. But, right. yeah. <clears throat> Harley, and, Harley and Poison Ivy is one that it never felt anything but natural. And, like, it, it's just... It's a fun relationship. Poison Ivy's kind of more the down-to-earth one. Uh, she's just this like chick that loves plants and shit, and fucking she's got this crazy ass girlfriend that's ready to destroy mm-hmm. shit at any whim, you know. Dude, Harley is pretty fucking crazy. Harley's nuts, and it's, it's it's so nice because it's such a good natural story that she was with an abusive Joker who fucking beat the shit out of her and was such a bad person. And now she's, like, happy with, with her girlfriend, fucking living it up, tearing up Gotham. It's a nice story for for the ladies. For anybody. But, yeah, I, I like that couple. Who's your number seven? My number seven. I went with uh, Zatanna and Constantine. I went with the, the Justice League Dark, man. Uh, 
this is a relationship that is very tragic, but it's also like the, it's kind of like not Superman and Lois, but like in that tier, but for the darker characters in DC, like it's like Zatanna's this magician. She's, uh, you know, her father Zatara kind of worked with the JSA and, She's does she has like immense supernatural abilities and Constantine who, you know, taps into the dark magic very often. Huh? He's master of the mystic arts. Yes. I could go on about feats that Constantine's done. Constantine I is the best sorcerer in comics. I definitely believe he's better than Strange. He's probably the best magic user in DC. Uh, he's a bad. He's he's nasty, dude. He is nasty. But those two together are very good together. And <clears throat> Constantine's died for her before. Like, it, it, he's been the reason that her dad died, and that was that caused a huge strain in the relationship. But these two have been through a lot, and they fought together. They've, you know. They've gotten very romantic and, and very, like, a lot of the time. Usually they're together. And it's even when they're not in a relationship, Constantine always talks like, she's the one that I love. She was always the one to Tana. Like, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one good thing the whole time. He, that's the one thing. It's always Zatanna. And she obviously is, you know, sprung over him. So that, that's it's definitely one of my favorite uh, relationships and it it fucking brings another layer to the Justice League Dark and in that realm of comics and oh for sure because you got Etrigan and shit Shadow Man and all this crazy shit and then you got these two fucking so <laughs> and Zatanna's a fine ass fucking comic character she's a what I said she's a fine ass comic character. Yeah, she is. And her powers are cool. Zatanna, I can't wait for her to get a movie or a show or something. They've talked about it forever. I hope. She's a cool-ass character, and she's definitely nobody to fuck around with. No. All right, you got a number six? I do. Another loved one. I'm going to go Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, and Steve Trevor. Okay. This is a classic. Classic. This dates so far back in time. If everybody's seen the Wonder Woman movie, they obviously know those two fell in love in the movies. Yeah. This is Wonder Woman's true first love. Her first love that she ever fell in love with and truly fell in love with a man. This is the first one. 100%. Arguably the only one. 100%. Uh, and if you get fucking Wonder Woman to fall in love with you, dude, you get you're a G. Yeah, and he's a, and th- this is one that flips it on its head, right? Because it's not like a damsel in distress, but it, it's the dude. The dude's kind of the one that needs saving, but he's also the cool ass fighter pilot. So he he's got some tricks up his sleeve too. But also he's got this badass Amazon that'll come have his back whenever he needs. So exactly. Now that relationship, I definitely like relationship a lot. 
I like yeah. how it's kind of the rules are kind of switched around, and she's the dominant one of the relationship because she's a demigod and she's fucking Wonder Woman. He's just a human who's a pilot of a plane in the Air Force. Yeah. They're both heroes in their own right, but I definitely find the the difference in the two a good thing. And, like, they have a very strong relationship with each other. Yeah, it's it's nice to see it. It's something different. And it's always been, and in every incarnation, whenever there's a Wonder Woman, there's always a Steve Trevor nearby. In the old mm-hmm. TV show, in the movie, and cartoons. I Steve like Trevor how Daddy Jenkins did a good job with that in the first Wonder Woman movie, how she was raised in Femisphere around nobody but women for most of her life, and then the first time she leaves, she meets Steve. Yeah. And, like, she, like, just stays with Steve the entire time. I think it's really cool. Oh, Steve. Yeah, it is very cool. They're Lucky a nice, fucking man. very cute couple. He's, he's the fucking man, and she, she's the, she's the woman, though. I mean, she, she's a, she's a killer. She, she's probably one of the greatest superheroes of all time, and that's her boyfriend. And and that's it's not a big strong dude, and then he's got his lowest lane like it's Wonder Woman, and she's got her Steve Trevor. <laughs> exactly. Not badass. Uh, all right. Number six for you. Number six for Hum Diddley. I went with uh, another friendship. I went uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Comics fans will know. The the Blue and Gold comics fans will know this. Uh, They need to be represented. I don't. I think they might have shown up in Unlimited. I don't know if they were really close together in Unlimited, like in the old cartoon. But comics fans know these two are inseparable. These are. I talked about Flash and Green Lantern kind of being goofballs, but that's nothing to these two. Uh, These two and the. In the Justice League era, when it was just Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were going through their own reboots, this is post-crisis right after Infinite Earths, and you had the Justice League with Batman, fucking Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Shazam, and fucking Martian Manhunter and shit, and and these two were just coming up with get-rich-quick schemes and shit, and they were trying to be repo men and all kinds of shit. It was very funny. Uh, but when it was time to throw down, they could throw down, and they would fought the likes of Despero and uh, Amazing. Yeah, the Despero was nothing to fuck with, dude. Yeah, well, he did, that Blue Beetle didn't have access. Ted Cord had the Scarab, but he, it wasn't working yet. This is the Blue Beetle without powers. <laughs> this oh, is Ted yeah, Cord. you're right. You're yeah. right. Ted Cord, and he, uh, he, he becomes uh, Jaime's mentor at some point. Uh, when Jaime comes in, and then Jaime accesses the Scarab and the Blue Beetle and becomes that badass superhero that we're going to see in 2023. The poster just came out, by the way. It looks cool as fuck. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the poster looks cool. But this is Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle without powers. And I think he might be in the movie as a mentor, too. But I just seen a, a report. They just did another test screening. For Blue Beetle, and it was another very, very well-receptive audience review. Dude, that's awesome. I can't believe it's 
They have the perfect actor playing playing him. And his dad's gonna be George Lopez. That's fire. Yeah, who doesn't like George Lopez, bro? George I really Lopez hope they focus on the alien part of this of the scarab. I think it's gonna be a really cool movie. Oh, I agree. It's gonna be hard for them to fuck up. But you never know. I think you never know, good. dude. I'm excited. Yeah. Too. I feel like it's yeah, gonna fall under one of those categories like Black Adam though, because not a lot of people know who Blue Beetle is. Yeah. Hopefully it makes some money. But you gotta learn you gotta learn a new character somehow. I'm glad they're putting a B lister out there. See what people think. Because uh, I yeah. can do some big shit. And it'd be cool if they can put him in with this new universe they're trying to build out, so I'm I'm all for oh, it. Sure. Seeing Jaime and Henry Cavill do shit together, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool as fuck, man. Superman's a big influence on Jaime. Yes, he is. He very much is. Alright, you're number five. My number five. Honestly, my number five is probably my favorite one to be honest with you. I should have put this at number one, but I put it at five for some fucking reason. Um, it's a brotherly relationship, and I went with Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. Yes. This is probably my absolute favorite relationship in D.C. I find the big brother-little brother relationship between Dick and Damian to be absolutely fantastic. It hits every note it needs to hit. The influence that they, that Dick has on Damien, those two have scrapped before. But, like, they never, like, for real fought. It's always, like, a brotherly fight. When Bruce was dead, Dick picked up Damien, and Damien was Dick's Robin while Dick was Batman. That's why in the more recent comics, I don't remember what book, what book it was. I think it was right before Damien went off to the Lazarus. I think it was Robin number one and number two yeah. in the solo run. Where Dick was like, the, the truth is, is like, you're my Robin. You're not Bruce's Robin. You were my Robin. And like, I he's really right. felt like that was true. That was a big point in their relationship. And he's definitely right. Like, Damien is not Bruce Wayne. He's not the Batman's Robin. He's Dick. He's Nightwing's Robin. 100%. That, that you Batman... think about it, Yeah. Damien was made Robin. By Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson made Damian Wayne Robin in Battle for the Cowl. That was Robin's first appearance. Damian's first appearance as Robin when Dick pulled him up. Well, yeah, as Robin. Because his debut was Son of Batman. He never put on the costume with Son of Batman at the end? I don't think. I think he might have said Bruce was like, maybe I'll train you. But, like, the first time or my recollection when Damian was out there on the streets of Gotham as Robin was with Dick. Okay, because I could have swore he was already robbing a battle for the cowl, but... I think he was robbing, but he was still being trained by Bruce. I don't think Bruce let him do anything yet because he was still in training. Okay, but yeah, that that Batman, versus, uh, that Batman and Robin Grant Morrison book is still the best thing I've ever read. Those two are Absolutely. fucking awesome together. Damien is arguably in my top three to top five favorite DC characters. And that relationship, I definitely feel like, is his best relationship at Grayson. Well, yeah, and 
Dick Grayson is my number one favorite. <laughs> and those two, uh, definitely, it was so cool and so refreshing to see a darker, more aggressive Robin than a lighthearted Batman. <laughs> it was so nuts. Right. Because it's just like it, Batman's the one cracking jokes and Robin's the one that, like, we need to be serious. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. That's why I was so pissed off when Gotham Knights came out and they put fucking Tim Drake in the game instead of Rotten Damien. Now, hold on now. You don't you don't like old Timmy, though. You never have. Oh, there you no, because when I see something where there's no Batman around and there's Nightwing and there's no Robin around, like, I want it to be Damien. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's... It's not on my list, but Tim and Nightwing do have kind of a big brother relationship, too. But I will say that I I do think that Dick's relationship with Damien, especially in recent years, is probably stronger than his relationship with Tim. Yeah, because he's been having a relationship with Damien since, like, what, 2002 or three? That's when Battle for the Cowl came out? No, like 2004. 2008, 2009. Oh, really? Yeah, around there. Cause right then that was, just... Yeah, because that was right before the reboot. That was right before New 52 and all that. Batman dying and all that shit. Because Final Crisis was in 08, and then after that, Battle for the Cowl, Dick becomes Batman, all that good stuff. But yeah, it's like 09. But yeah, they, they and they have, and definitely in recent comics, you, you always see those two having moments. Even in Dark Crisis, I don't know if they've had... It's, it's been more John and Damien and then John and Dick. But I feel like John and Damien have been side-by-side side a couple times in that event, at least. I have a feeling they're going to have a moment in seven. Because Damien came... To, he's on his way back to battle now because he just figured it out how to beat the darkness in the yeah. one-shot. And he's been issue five, four, five, six, maybe? No, I think it was five. When Damien left the war. Yeah, I think it was five. And he's he's definitely coming back now because they're not going to beat the darkness without Damien telling everybody how to do it. And without Dr. Light being there either. No, I agree. Uh, and I agree with your pick, too. It's a, it's a hell of a friend. It's like a mentorship. It's big brother, little brother, pretty much. Exactly, because I have a feeling when Damien's going to come back while Deathstroke's holding Nightwing up in the air and Nightwing's being taken over by the darkness, I have a feeling Dick's going to be the first one Damien gets back. Yeah. Because Dick's going to see Damien, or I mean, Damien's going to see Dick fucked up and he's going to be like really sad and really fucking pissed off. And then you're going to see Damien go ape shit and then we're going to get Dickie back. Yeah, I think so. I I don't. That would be fire. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> Me either. That wouldn't be pissed at all. I'm I'd glad that Damien's the one to figure it out. I'm glad that Joshua Williamson has a love for Damien, and he's given Damien Wayne a lot of light. Like Damien figured out the darkness, right? For the event yes. to take the darkness away from people and break it. And then right after Dark Crisis ends, Lazarus Pit Planet starts, and that's a spin. That's a direct spinoff right from Damien's solo series, and Damien's going to be leading that entire event. 
Yeah, and that it also branches off this Batman versus Robin shit. So that's all. It's all leading into Lazarus' planet, and it's all about Damien. Even if we're not huge fans of that book, it's still connected to all this other shit that's going to happen. So, yeah, Damien's the man right now, and he he's I'm one glad. of the three, him, Dick, and John. And then I'll, you can throw Wally in there too, because Wally's been getting some more play as the Flash. I'd say those four are definitely killing it right now, and definitely good for that new generation. And you know, Dick and Wally are a little past generation, but still, those those four are so young. Yeah, they're leading us in the new millennium, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, all right. You want to do my number five? Oh, yeah. All right. I went with a, another deep cut, but uh, one that it had to get some play because I had to go with the new guy couple. I went with Mr. Miracle and Big Barda because this is a different type of couple. Uh, if you're not a fan of the new gods, you know, side of uh, DC, you might not know these two. But uh, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, uh, he is the High Father's son, and he was given the dark side, and he's been a ward and a hostage of dark side when the great exchange happened with him and Orion, dark side's son. And uh, when the, the two, or when uh, Apocalypse and New Genesis kind of call a truce a bit, they trade, they swap sons. And Mr. Miracle, he falls in love with this warrior fucking big Barda, this big, you know, tough chick who's in the Female Furies, hosted by Grammy, Granny Goodness. And uh, they're a bunch of badass, ruthless chicks that fight and kill for Darkseid. But she had a change of heart and fell in love with this dude. And it's this kind of love story. And then they, they go off together and they leave Apocalypse together. And then they eventually fucking meet up with the League and join the League and, you know, are legit superheroes and, you know, fighting crime. You know, you have seen them in Justice League Unlimited. They were in the cartoon back in the day. This is one of my favorite couples because it's just one of the best romantic stories. And it's two heroes that bring, it's not a damsel in distress situation on either side. Barda could arguably kick his ass. (laughs) Like, it's both sides, just like that Aquaman Mira situation. Both sides, you know, can defend themselves, and they're they're fighting together, and you know, they're in love with each other, and it's it's a it's almost the perfect couple, and it's kind of odd, it's an odd couple. She's taller than him, and all that, but you know, it's it's a nice one. So, yeah, that's my all number right. five. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's different. And with the New Gods and all that, that spectacle of a story. Like, I, I'm still trying to get you into New Gods eventually. Especially Jack Kirby's old one, you got to give it a try. Uh, I have friends from Jack Kirby's New Gods. Not all oh, of did it. you? Okay. Not all of it. Did you fuck with it? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Dark Side is nothing, dude. Yeah. All of it and with all the insaneness with the new gods and fucking uh, Dark Side and Orion and High Father and all this shit and Neron and it's just you got you got some, the Mobius chair like there's so much grander 
and crazy things going on in that story. To have a nice love story on the side of these two people that just want to be together but are kind of like forced not to be and separated, it's kind of it's a cool story and it it make it gives the new gods another layer. So that had to make my list. Hell yeah. All right, right Bobo, hit us with your number four. A number four. Bruce Wayne, the Batman, and Selena Kyle, the Catwoman. Okay. A relationship that we have seen for decades. Yeah, I almost put this on my list, but it's just so damn toxic that I couldn't. But I understand why why it is on your list. Because everybody, Bruce, this is my favorite one. Which is nuts to me because you love Damien so much. So it's not, it's not yeah, to me that Damien, he wasn't like in love with Talia like that. He was raped by Talia. Okay. He clapped her too. Yeah, but not when Damien was conceived. Damien's a rape product. <laughs> Damien's a rape baby. He's a rape baby, dude. He is. As much as I love the kid, he's a rape baby. And there's, I mean, poor, poor Damien. Uh, but Talia, Talia and Bruce had something special. <laughs> no, I, I agree. So oh, Kyle's sure. the one for Batman. I completely agree with you. I'm just fucking around. That's the one thing that stuck out for me the most about Pattinson's movie was the fact that him and Catwoman had that connection with each other. Yes. I like yeah. how she's a straight villain, but as soon as she starts to fall in love with Bruce, she starts to fade away from that. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz did a great job, too. Oh, she's the best cat woman we've ever had. By far. I agree. I agree, I agree. No one else needs to play cat woman until she dies. 100%. I think. I mean, it's just a... I mean, you got the superhero and then the thief. And it's just like... This guy's a vigilante, and he's supposed to stop all crime, but also his girlfriend is fucking robbing banks and shit. <laughs> so, and, and Jeff Johns is kind of bringing this back with Huntress coming back in the new golden age. Yeah. They've almost gotten like, married like 50 times. Like, what's new Bruce going to do if old Selena pops up? Like, old what's going to happen? Did... Yeah. I think I forgot to mention that Selena popped up in that book with Huntress and she warned her. That was my favorite moment of that book. But uh, Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what if Selena goes through the timeline and she ends up meeting current day Bruce? She might. She very well could. Uh, she's a slippery, slippery little snake, that Catwoman. Uh, she's a fucking, she's an expert. And I, I like these two. I think it is a good couple. It like it is it's the ultimate will they won't they because they always like we're not ready yet. <laughs> it's always that thing. But and they've tried yeah. to get married so many times, but they need to pull the trigger and I, I'd like to see like a current comic continuity where these two are just together. That'd be funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's always a build to it and a tease, but it is it is a strong relationship. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Right. Number five. My number five. 
My number four, I went with a more significant relationship in the Bat family. Uh-huh. No, I'm just fucking around. Uh, this one was going to be a hard one for uh, for old Dick. Because my favorite superhero, Nightwing, he has gotten so much ass, and he has been with so much of the DC Universe. There's two women in particular, though. And I'm sorry, and I know which one you, you sway, and I know you're going to be pissed off at me about this. And quite a few I already people, knew which one. I already knew. What you already know. I can't, I love Starfire, and I understand everybody that ships Starfire. But as far as making sense in the relationship and the two people growing together, I got to go with Nightwing and Batgirl on this one. That's my number four. I love Nightwing with Starfire. I think they're great, I did, but it doesn't make sense. And that's the cool part about it, that, that like it's an alien princess and then fucking Batman's little homie, and they just start fucking. And that's great, but... Bat, like Batgirl and Nightwing is just a more traditional romantic story that makes sense. They they started together. They were both teens when they started. They aged up together. They both kind of came into their own as their own, you know, masked heroes as Batgirl's their own identity and Nightwing. And they they're together now in current continuity, and they're being written very well by Tom Taylor, and they're heavily in love. And they're always kicking ass, and then I mean they're lit- literally clapping cheeks off panel. You see the clothes flying. So the, that relationship is healthy as it ever was. I'm sorry to Starfire. I do like that relationship too, but Batgirl and Dick, man, they they were kind of made for each other. So I know you're not a huge Babs fan, but I had to do it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, dude, you know from playing Gotham Knights, those two are, are made for each other, bro. Yeah. I had to do it. I, I think it's it's a superior couple. I, I was gonna tie it, but I had to I felt like I had to go. And then I had to just pick one. So had to go back girl over Starfire. Alright, you ready for my number three? Go ahead. Starfire is very hot. I agree. <laughs> She's way hotter than Batgirl. Way hotter than Batgirl. All right. Number three. I went with the best friend relationship. Okay. Our uh, our new day Superman, Mr. John Kent, and his super son best friend, Damian Wayne. Okay. Had to go Super Sons. Hey, I don't blame you. I uh, They have a very good best friend relationship. Brotherly relationship. Almost, it is, but they're best friends. They mirror the relationship with their fathers, and that's what's so cool about it. It's just, the, the Super Sons, is the per, it's a great book. But also, whenever they show up together, like you've seen it in Crisis, like nowadays, like these, these two are like they have each other's back to no end. They are brothers. They like well, they will die for each other. These two fucking they will they will like right there they'll lay it all on the line, fucking right right next to each other. And it's one of the strongest friendships in comics right now. And they're re- you, they're really building towards it. You can tell. That the, these oh, two definitely. With that whole panel, the one shot of those two hugging when they separated in the battle. Yeah. 
that was a good panel. I like that panel a lot in that book. Like they definitely have a very huge. strong. And I like how like every time John comes back to Lois and like John's been doing shit, Lois is like, "You've been hanging out with that Damien kid again, haven't you?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Damn it, <laughs> damn it, John." Son of a bitch, Damien. No, but yeah, and even now that John, you know, has has gone through his recent character developments, and you know, he's into the fellas and his buddy. And, and you would think Damien would have so many different reactions to that, but he's been nothing but supportive to his homie, which is cool to see. And I'm, I'm sure, yeah. you know, and, and their friendship is just, it, it means a lot to both of them. And, and they're, they would, they'd fucking die for each other. And you can see the pain in John's eyes when he's like, Damien, if I don't make it, Damien's like, shut the fuck up. Dude, you're going to make it. <laughs> it's going to be all right. And yeah. I mean, it's funny. There's comic relief between the two because John's so unbelievably good because he's Superman's son, and Damien's kind of rough around the edges because of his upbringing. So it's just it's a cool friendship. For sure, definitely. One of my favorites for sure. I put that right there with Damien and Dick Grayson. Yeah, you put it higher than that. Yeah, for sure. Put it higher. For a kid oh, who's such an asshole, he's got some good relationships in his life. He does. And even the one with his dad isn't that bad. <laughs> that one's a little... That one's definitely a little rough around the edges. That one's touchy. That's a touchy subject. Oh, for sure. He's got some mommy issues, too. Him and Talia are weird. Oh, he definitely has mommy issues, because Talia's a fucking bitch, dude. Dare I, dare I even say the C word? <laughs> she might be the C word, but she is a certified baddie, though. She's a certified baddie, but she's definitely a C word. <laughs> she's definitely a C word. All right, all right, all right. It's my number three. Uh, I went with a, a, a huge mentorship, and I kind of argued this a, a couple weeks ago, but by far, to me, one of the most important mentorships and friendships in, in comics. And just a father-son relationship to a kid that never, whose father died right in front of his fucking eyes, dude. But this fucking old, bald man that could make a mean cup of tea fucking brought this kid in and fucking had his back, taught him fucking jujitsu, and fucking helped him build robots and shit. I had to go with Batman and Alfred. Oh, yeah. He makes a mean PB&J, too, not just a cup of tea. I was about to say, he knows how to make a cup of tea very well. Alfred can make some tea, bro. But he can also make he some tea. He can PB. make some PB&J, too. I thought it was adorable when he was trying to show Wonder Woman how to make tea. <laughs> it was funny. He was, getting, she was, he was pissing her off a little bit, though. Yeah, dude, she's 5,000 years old. She knows how to make fucking tea. That is good as Alfred. <laughs> He's like, no, you're not doing it good. <laughs> you gotta let it sit. Don't let it cross. It was super funny. I like uh, that scene. I was laughing. But yeah, so Alfred and Batman, that's the ultimate. Batman's his loner, but he take away... Batman's got so many good friends. This slot was so hard to fill. 
because I'm like him and Dick, such a good. He's a mentor to him. He's like the dad to him. Him and Damien almost. Him and like Tim and the other Robins, but also him and Jim Gordon. That's a great friendship that fucking does so much for Gotham. But when I think about Batman, I can only link him and his success to one dude, one fundamental force, and that's the Butler Alfred. He, this man wears so many fucking hats. He's done so much shit. And deceased when fucking Bruce turned into a zombie, he shot his head off like a real one. Just fucking Alfred standing behind him with a shotgun cocked was badass. And fucking Batman. <laughs> just, he's... Yeah, Alfred was a G in that comic run. He was a G. And he's been a G at every run. That's what's so cool. He's just this little fucking butler, but he's, like, been intel for the Justice League. before. Like he, He's, like, talking to Superman in his ear and telling him where to go and shit. Like, that, Alfred's done some big league shit for being just a little dude, a little bald guy. Uh, he is hair in, some, in the movies, usually, but... I, Alfred's like James like, Bond, bro. He's what? Alfred's like James Bond, who retired and became Alfred. Almost, yeah. yeah. He like, that's what is. James Bond did when he retired and became Alfred. I mean, that's what the Pennyworth oh, show yeah. seems to be about. I gotta watch Pennyworth still. It's been on my list for a while. But Alfred Alfred and Batman, are, it's just the ultimate mentorship. It's the ultimate father figure for this kid who desperately needed one. And he's like the moral compass. And he's like, he's the one that gets him to be a little lighter on like Damien sometimes. Or like he'll help yeah. him with Nightwing. And he, he, like he's a father to all the kids, Alfred is. Like, fucking Dick, Damien, Tim, they're all his sons, too. But him and Batman are, to me, that's the ultimate friendship. I agree. Batman, I wonder if Batman ever saw Alfred as a father figure. He definitely did. Ba- Alfred does. raised Batman. I know, but, like, to admit it and stuff, because he's so obsessed with his parents' death, like, to he has numerous times. Yeah, he definitely has. He, he has numerous times called Alfred a father figure, Tom. He, there's very few people that it's hard to earn Batman's respect. Even in the league, most of the league he probably doesn't respect, but he fucking has an undying respect for Alfred. Uh, all right, you're number two. We're getting down there now, bro. Who is? We're getting down two? there. I got two love relationships left. You got two love. I got a friendship and a love. All right, my number two. All right. The fastest man alive and Central City's best number one reporter, Barry Allen and Iris West. Absolutely. Classic. Classic superhero and damsel in distress. Absolutely. Barry is... I love the Flash. He's the man. And she's definitely the ground that Barry needs. Barry is always saying he needs to go in the speed force, and he always needs someone or something to be his grounding. Iris is his grounding. She is. 100% Iris is. Without Iris, Barry would be fucked. And that's like his emotional, that's his heart. That's the... It's like he's always trying to, 
he's always pissing her off because he's always going and doing superhero shit. But yeah, he's always missing day, dates. Yeah, he's always missing dates on her. But at the end of the day, all Barry cares about is Iris, and that's all he's got eyes for. And that's all he wants. That he just wants to finish the as that's the whole thing. As fast as he is, he just wants to finish what he's doing so he can get back to Iris. Any mission, any as fast as possible, so he can get back to his girl. And it's that like that's the perfect. They were the. Uh, what's up? She said that's his two loves, saving people in Iris. Yes, absolutely. And that's the perfect Silver Age couple, Barry and Iris. But I think a Silver Age relationship, that's like the number one. Those two complete. That's like right there with Superman and Lois, I'd say. Barry and Iris. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Now I went. All right. For my number two, I went with something a little different. I went with the fastest man alive. (laughs) And I also went with a reporter. I went with Wally, Wally West and Linda Park. Uh, Linda, Linda and Wally, probably one of the nicest relationships, and something that Barry and Iris not even immune to. One of the happiest relationships in comics, where very few things went wrong, and they very, they didn't have problems that much. Like they never really separated or fought or anything. They were happy the whole way through. Where Barry and Iris, they even had some trouble. Even though that, that was more in later stories, not in the Silver Age. But Wally. Wally and Linda. By the way, Linda, Korean American, so we got we got some we got some flavor in there. And Wally, a nice redheaded kid. And they little they flavor in there. Huh? Little flavor. In there. Yeah, little, little flavor, a little spice in there. Little little flavor in the gingerbread. And he, they're they're just a nice couple. He he'll do any. He's it's the same thing as Barry and Iris, but it's just. They have kids, and they're happy, and they have the whole, like, he got lost in time, and she, like, forgot who he was because her mind got erased, and he was fucking 20 years, in a, or, like, 10 years in a void throughout the whole New 52, watching her live her life and not remembering who he is, and then he finally got back to her, and now they're finally back together and happy, and they had children, and they're in love, and it's great. But he got lost in time, and that was a big storyline, and he was just trying to find Linda. Yeah, right. Trying sure. to get back to Linda. So, that, like, as much as Barry and Iris, they, def- they define the Silver Age. They define the 70s and even the 80s until Barry oh. died up in the 86. But Wally and Linda define the 90s and the 2000s. So, that's why I had to go with them. I don't blame you. It's a great couple. Both both flashes and their girls, you can't go wrong. Oh no. Alright, who's All your right. number one? My number one's a little cliche. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Who is it? Dougie's is it? gonna kick me in the fucking balls the next time he's <laughs> Superman and Lois. The Mecca. The Mecca. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with this one. 
This is the time. The creme de la creme of the damsel in distress kind of relationships. Yeah. And even nowadays, she can hold her own. She's a badass reporter. She goes and finds shit. She can get intel. Like, Lois Lane's kind of a bad bitch in her own right. She is. I that. Superman, it's just the classic, like, that's his heart. And she's, like, the one thing that'll, that can tame him. And it's, it's very romantic. It's the classic superhero love story. And it's the first. You know, there's something about being the first. Yeah. That's true. They were the first. You can't, there's no mimic. There's no, it wasn't based off anything. It was Superman and Lois that was the first. He's going to save his girlfriend, Lois Lane. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with your pick. I think it's a great pick. I was, it was hard uh, for me yeah. to pick this one myself. It's hard not to. All right. And I had to go number one because that's what all the other relationships that we have here are based off of. Yeah. All the couples, for sure. That is, It is the number one, and that's why The Flash was my last couple and I went friendship because Superman and Lois is the best couple in all of DC Comics. Oh, for sure. And, like, you can see the resemblance in Barry and Iris' relationship with fucking from Superman and Lois. Yeah, 100%. And that's why and it's such a big couple. Like, the Flash isn't called the Flash and Iris. <laughs> you know? Superman yeah. and Lois. The Adventures of Lois and Clark. <laughs> like, Lois is a big character, too. Oh, she definitely is. The new Superman and Lois show is fantastic. All right, you ready? You ready for Hummer's number one? Then we'll get the hell out of here. Let's get Hummer's number one. All right. Now I went with something a little different, and I kind of cheated. <laughs> I didn't go with a couple. I went with a friendship, but I did have to go with three friends, not two. And I think you know what three I'm probably talking about. To me, the greatest friendship in all of DC Comics and the friendship that holds the DC Universe together would have to be the Trinity. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. You can't get better than these three. This friendship, if if it wasn't for this friendship, there'd be wars and battle and the Justice League would be torn apart. There wouldn't be a Justice League. The, the DC Universe would be in shambles. These three be having a connection, and we've seen it happen. When these three don't get along and they're not fucking with each other, shit goes wrong. That was Infinite Crisis. <laughs> they yeah. stopped fucking with each other because before Infinite Crisis, and shit went wrong. And they need, like, these three together are the ultimate, you know, it's the ultimate superhero trio. It's a, even if you strip away the league and you just send those three into battle, I'm confident that they're going to fucking win. And they, their individual friendships with each other are very awesome and very cool. Superman and Wonder Woman, excluding New, in New 52, obviously they're together, they're dating, and they're, they're clapping cheeks. I'm not really focused on that. That's one incarnation that didn't last very long. And any other incarnation, Superman and Wonder Woman are very friendly and very like like coworkers. Like 
a very like you know I respect the fuck out of you. You respect the fuck out of me. We're both like godlike beings, and this is awesome. And uh, Batman and Wonder Woman are very flirtatious. Huh? I said not destroying planets in between thrusts. Yes, not if you unless you're reading Frank Miller. Where they fu- they where they fucked and they almost destroyed the whole solar system, <laughs> fucking their tsunamis and shit because they're having they're clapping cheeks. But Frank Miller got a little nutty at some points, but Batman and Wonder Woman and their flirtatious relationship was always fun, even in the cartoons and the old Grant Morrison books. It's always this they never got together. It was always a will they won't they, and it was always good that way. And it was the, those two's friendship is underrated because everyone wants them to be together, and they really like each other, and they obviously find each other attractive, and it's funny, and you know they're flirting and shit. And then Batman and Superman, dude, the world's finest. These are the ultimate best friends. These are before like post crisis, before crisis, they were the best of friends in the Silver Age. They were homies. They'd have each other's back no matter what. Post-crisis, they've been reluctant allies, they've been enemies, they've been best friends, they've been all sorts of shit. But Batman and Superman next to each other, you can't beat. And then you put the third one, you you put the fucking goddess from Themyscira in the middle, that's the best trio of all time. And to me, it's the best friendship in all of DC Comics. I agree. So yeah, that was good. Thank you, man. I think we both had pretty badass lists, Big Dog. I, I agree. We both bought the heat. The Marvel one should be interesting. Yes. Next week, we will be back. We will be doing the top ten relationships in Marvel history. Same rules here. Couples, friends, mentors, anything. Even if you want to throw a rival in there, you want to be different like Baba, <laughs> you can do that. No, I think Batman and Joker was the only one I'm going to include. That's fair. I, I think that's the only one that can that can be included. But, uh, we're gonna be the one that really can be. We're gonna be doing that. We're gonna be doing the Infinity War Part Two for our reading assignment. Another six issues, I believe, right, Papa? Yes, sir. Infinity War is what the series is called. Yes. And uh, this is the Infinity Trilogy that we're, we're revealing. This yes. is Part Two, Infinity Wars. And then we'll do the Crusade. The week after. Uh, what single issues do you want to review this week? You picking anything uh, up? There? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what comes out this week. I think a Dark Crisis might. Yeah, Dark Crisis Warzone comes out. We'll definitely review that. Okay. I'm trying to remember what comes out. That we've been we, can always, we can always figure it out off off air. Yeah, that's true. New Daredevil, new Thor, new Thanos, Death Notes. All right, stuff coming out this week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll probably do Thanos. I'm down for that. In Dark Crisis, at least. I might get the new Avengers that comes out. Okay. I might do that, too. I'm going to that. That comes right off of the Avengers Alpha number one that I just read. Okay. 
Uh, this was a hell of an episode. We'll be back next week. And uh, you got any party words for the fine folks, Bobo? Uh, no. All right. Well, we'll go fuck ourselves. Uh, yeah, everybody go fuck yourselves. How about that? All right. There you go. Have a good night. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you too, bro. <laughs>